0: This is a Squiz podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning. I'm Alice Dempster.
1: And I'm Claire Kimball.
0: It's Friday, the 10th of March. In your Squiz today, defence down under, trouble for Fiji's former PM, some better than expected earnings, and the best hot cross buns. This is your Squiz today. Claire, we spoke about the AUKUS security deal earlier this week when it was speculated that PM Anthony Albanese would head to the US to meet with President Joe Biden and UK PM Rishi Sunak. That's tipped to happen on Monday and it's all firming up now. But ahead of that, there's more speculation about what the three leaders are likely to announce. It's all to do with plans for Australia to have a nuclear-powered submarine fleet, with China taking a more aggressive stance in our region.
1: Yeah, and when the AUKUS deal was announced 18 months ago, uh, it was a lot of focus on Australia's ageing submarines and a fleet of these more sophisticated nuclear-powered subs taking their part, uh, being a huge part of that deal. Uh, Yesterday, reports said that we're set to receive at least four Virginia-class submarines. They'll be built in the United States and we're set to receive them in the mid-2030s. And reports say that those submarines subs will help bridge what they call a capability gap Uh, and then we're also tipped uh, to sign a deal with the United Kingdom to develop a modified version of their new astute class submarine.
0: And reports say that those UK ones would be built in Adelaide and although there's no timeline on them they'd be part of our longer term defence capability plans.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. And that goes to the undertone of these developments, if all of that actually is confirmed on Monday. Uh, There's a couple of things at play. The first is the need for Australia to have these assets as soon as possible. Uh, So getting some of those submarines more quickly uh, than others has been welcomed by some analysts, Mm -hmm. uh, even if we don't get the benefit of building them here. Uh, The other is the cost. It's a really big project worth about $100 billion. Uh, And there's been some jostling as to which country out of the UK or the US will get the benefit of our business. Uh, The three leaders were pretty tight-lipped about those reports. Uh, Sunak didn't comment, but the reports say that he was buzzing about the deal when he told (laughs) his ministers about it.
0: Yeah, sounds like he is pretty happy. And for his part, Albanese was asked about the reports at a press conference in Mumbai and he wouldn't be drawn into commenting. He said the details would be announced on Monday. And just on that, he's been in India this week to spruik more trade between our two countries. He said he's looking forward to an upgrade in the economic relationship between Australia and India towards the end of the year. Fiji's former Prime Minister is in hot water, Claire, Frank Barney Marama was charged by police with abuse of office He'd been in the top job for 16 years before he lost the election in December last year.
1: Yeah, there's quite a bit going on, so just bear with me while I try <laughs> and unpack some of the things that have just happened in the last few days. So Fijian police have alleged that while he was the Prime Minister, Barney Marama, and the former Police Commissioner, Siddhaveni Kilaho, shut down an investigation into the financial mismanagement at the big university in Fiji. Uh, and. A day before that, Barney Marama actually resigned from the parliament. Uh, He did that in protest over a suspension that he had been handed by the government. Uh, The government suspended him from being able to enter the parliament for three years. uh, And that was because he gave a speech in the parliament accusing his successors of setting out to destroy the constitutional democracy of Fiji. Uh, And what he did was actually call on the country's military to intervene.
0: Yeah, but... Barney Marama's critics say that that is rich of him, given he took power in a coup in 2006 and was a dictator for the next eight years. But for his part, Barney Marama said he will remain leader of his Fiji First Party. Today marks the final day of the RoboDebt Royal Commission hearings, Claire, so it's probably a good time to check in on how they've gone. To refresh our memories, RoboDebt was the coalition government's automated scheme to recoup overpayments from Centrelink.
1: Yeah, but there was a a pretty dodgy formula that sat behind it, and it left debt recovery notices being sent to Aussies for debts that were wildly inaccurate or completely false. Uh, That happened to hundreds of thousands of Australians, and it's been linked to some fairly tragic circumstances, including people taking their own lives. Uh, the scheme was also found to be illegal. Um, during the hearings, the Royal Commission has learned from the departments that were running the scheme uh, that its illegality was known before it was implemented uh, and that some departments misled the Ombudsman when it was investigated in 2017. So, over
0: the course of the Royal Commission, several former ministers have been grilled. They include the likes of Alan Tudge, Christian Porter, Scott Morrison, and Stuart Robert. But that's not the end of it. The final report will be handed to the government on the 30th of June. Department store Meyer has delivered a strong profit result, Claire. In fact, it's the best result it's had since 2014. The company says its profits hit $65 million in the six months up to the end of January.
1: Yeah, and that's actually double its results from the same period last year. Uh, Myers has been on a bit of a journey. It really hasn't had good results in recent times. Uh, in fact, in 2018, it made a loss of almost $500 million. Uh, but since then, it's had a management shake-up. There's a new strategy in place. uh, and also the return of shoppers after COVID lockdowns, which, of course, having shoppers in your stores and buying (laughs) things online always helps your profit line. uh, That's all contributed to its improved performance.
0: For his part, Maya boss, John King, said the company's upgraded its online shopping offering, but whether customers get to the stores in real life or virtually, he said they're fine either way. (laughs) are only one consideration. Read the PDS and TMD on the website. This happens every year, but I feel like I've only just gotten over Christmas, Claire. (laughs) And now, of course, the countdown is on for Easter. I can't be too upset, though, because Easter means it's also hot cross bun season.
1: Yep, you can mark Boxing Day as the day that Hot Cross Buns enter the stores and the outrage is online. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, so they've been around for a little bit now but, of course, when it comes to hot cross buns they need to be tested and very happily the people at choice who are the consumer advocacy group uh, have gone through it done the hard yards to rank australia's supermarket and chain bakery hot cross buns Uh, long story short the best available according to choice are also the most wallet friendly they're at Woolworths; they're the traditional variety they were ranked number one uh, even higher than their luxury range so you can check all of those out Uh, a new advent that I don't endorse is the chalky Hot Cross Bun. Uh, they were ranked separately and Audi topped that category.
0: Yeah, apparently the buns were ranked by flavour and points were also awarded for their appearance, aroma and texture. But if you're not into the chocky hot cross buns, Claire, I have to ask you about my favourite, which is the apple and cinnamon variety.
1: Alice, gotta be a traditionalist when it comes to hot cross buns. <laughs> not into chocolate, not into apple and cinnamon. Jeez. <laughs>
0: Friday Lights, Claire, what has made our list this week?
1: Look, there's a few good things in the newsletter and online today, so jump into it. But uh, to talk about a recipe, of course, which you like to do on a Friday, uh, (laughs) I made last weekend a fate, which is a salad type dish. It's an Egyptian concoction. It always has chickpeas and a yogurt dressing uh, and of course some toasted flatbreads. So uh, check out the recipe that we've got. It's really delicious and really quite nice and fresh.
0: Yeah, as always, I'll pop the link to that recipe in our episode notes today. And that wraps us up today. You and Kate are back with Saturday Squiz tomorrow, though, Claire.
1: Yep, we sure are. It goes through all the top news stories from the week. We'll wrap all of those up. And, of course, a few more recommendations of what Across Squiz HQ is into this week. Fantastic.
0: Have a great Friday, everyone. We'll be back with you again on Monday. Hello, it's Bryce here from Squiz Kids. Kids and fiscal policy go together like peaches and cream, which is why we're excited to present a special Squiz Kids Q&A this week with Federal Treasurer Jim Chalmers. It's the podcast where the kids of Australia get to ask the questions. Tune in to Squiz Kids today to find out how the notorious B.I.G. has helped shape next week's budget, why the Treasurer considers himself more of a three-pointer than a slam dunker, and why his toenails will be painted with glitter nail polish next Tuesday when he stands in Parliament to hand down the budget. Plus, there's a cheeky question in there about his leadership ambition. All part of our mission to engage kids in the wider news agenda. Check it out in the Squiz Kids podcast feed or via squizkids.com.au.